welcome back to Say It Ain't So Joe. My name is Joe, and I've got a lot to say. Today's Season 1, Episode 2, Division. Now, what I'm talking about here is I'm talking about um, racial division as well as other types of division. Anywhere, any situation where people are divided over something, right? And today it seems to be race, politics, uh, social injustice. There's a lot going on that's dividing people right now. Uh, finances, the economy. Um, so, like, for example, in... Uh, you know, in uh, in this recent situation with Tyree Nichols, where you know the five black officers um, just beat this poor guy to death. Um, you know the uh, you know I'll, I'll admit the average you know the average white person probably said the first thing they said was oh thank God there weren't five white officers. You know I get that because you know I guess we're in the ever since George Floyd it's usually been white cops against you know you know black. Um, um, uh, citizens or suspects, however you want to call it, and you know, you know, it's fair to say though, you know, white people are getting, a little, you know, I guess it's it's a nice relief, so to speak, that we're not the bad guy anymore, so to speak, right? But that's not what I'm where I'm coming from. Where I'm coming from is, I don't I don't want to see any any division between black and white. I really don't. Um, growing up in Brooklyn, New York, in the '60s, um, early '70s. You know, there was there were a few inc- incidents of um, you know uh, race riots in some of the public high schools. I think in uh, South Shore High School in Canarsie, as well as Canarsie High School, there was some there were some race riots. And but since then, you know, we never really had that. As far as, at least I never experienced it anymore since then. I mean, I didn't even experience it back then. I just heard about it. So it's not, in my opinion, it's nice that that you know kind of died out, right? Because no one wants to see that. And then, <laughs> sadly enough, um, uh, I think in the mid to late 70s, also in Canarsie, um, Brooklyn, on Flatlands Avenue, which is a main drag that goes through Canarsie, there was a real estate agency, um, you know, storefront. Um, I don't remember what it was. I'm not going to mention it now because I don't remember. I don't know if it was Century 21, Coral Bank, or just something totally different. I don't even know. And... Um, what happened was it got the storefront got firebombed. I guess somebody threw a Molotov cocktail, you know, through the window, and the place got torched. You know, it was at nighttime; nobody got hurt. And um, and it's because at that time too, most of Canarsie was really Jewish, white Jewish, right? And you know, some hardworking black families were moving into the area. So, you know, I guess that called caused some, you know. Displeasure, tension, however you want to call it. Again, not that it was justified. So, and I think at the time, and I don't remember the whole story. I don't remember, like, if they even found out who did this firebombing. So I don't know if it was, um, let's say, so, like some white person who was angry that, because what happened was, I think the, um, the, I think I'm guessing, I'm just guessing that the real estate agents were probably predominantly white in this office. And they may have been steering black families away from the area, and and not give, not showing them 
all the available homes. You know, this was going on in, in the real estate business for years. In fact, it kind of still continues, believe it or not. But this incident set the tone for the laws to be changed um, by whoever monitors real estate agents. I don't, I, I can't remember who it is. I, I forget which department, state department does. But um, this is what started the whole thing with you're not allowed, as an age, a real estate agent, you're not allowed to say that a particular area or the makeup of an area you're not allowed to say the schools are better here or you know you, you got to be careful what you say um because back at that time and even and it even continued to this day it's still going on agents are still getting nailed for it um due to like um you know undercover uh home home buyers things like that where agents will say oh no you don't want to go in that neighborhood you know wink wink like that was going on for a long time and then they started cracking down on it and you know, but, you know, it still does happen, you know, unfortunately. And um, so, but anyway, the point is, I, I don't, I don't want to see, that's the reason why, in a way, I'm, I'm glad these weren't five white officers that beat Tyree Nichols to death, because I don't want to see any black-white division these days, and I'll tell you why. A, because a, I never want to see any division, but the reason why is, listen, if you're if you're American white, you're American black, we should be on the same team of Team America. That's my opinion. Right? I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not talking about being the the great white hope here. I'm just saying we should be on the same team, Team America. And I'll tell you why. Because I see big problems coming down the line, coming down the road. In the next year, two years, three years, I see some serious problems with all these migrants that are coming over our border, which we don't even have a border anymore, thanks to uh, Joe Biden. But with all these migrants coming over, and I, I think it's fair to say that a good percentage are not good people, you know? So I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying there's probably a good percentage that are not, right? And with all these people coming over... We, you know, we may not see this in New York, you know, uh, or Virginia, West Virginia, Connecticut, you know, wherever. We're not seeing this in the inner part, or let's say the Midwest, right, or the Northeast. You know, we're not seeing this, the effects of this. We're kind of hearing about it, but we're not really visually seeing it. In other words, they're living it in Arizona, Texas. They're 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 living it, you know. You know, the ranchers have been complaining about seeing migrants on their land, destroying their land. I don't know, maybe killing their animals, you know, raping, you know, uh, young girls that have come over as well on their land. So they're living this. In fact, I saw something, I think it was on TikTok, I think, where this woman, she was being interviewed by like, you know, whatever, a news channel because she... She had this nice ranch and, you know, all open windows by her kitchen overlooking her nice property. And I guess one morning she woke up making breakfast or coffee. And all of a sudden she sees like three or five migrants. I don't know what they were, but she sees them like pretty much looking into her windows, into her house. Or standing on her back patio or something like that, looking into her home. So she quickly picks up her AR-15 rifle, which I absolutely love. And, um... She doesn't point it at them. She just kind of holds it, you know, puts it, you know, you know, grabs the rifle and just holds it. And it didn't even phase them. In fact, supposedly they were just like smirking at her, smiling, and I guess eventually left, you know. So we're not seeing this in our backyard. 
I know on my property in Virginia, I have I have a log cabin on 65 acres in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. I know on my property, you know, I don't care who you are, but you come on my land, I'm not going to be too happy about that. Migrant or not. I don't care if you're a local yokel. You come on my land, I'm not going to like it. And that's how that's how they are. Like in Virginia and most of the country, very people are very protective over their land. We don't know, we know we're not seeing it in Connecticut, New York, Long Island, Westchester, Bronx, Jersey. We don't see it as much cuz it's you know, we don't have a lot of land. So, you know, we're not really we're not protective over our little you know, 40 by 100 lots or a little half acre lots. We're not that protective, right? Whereas when you have a lot of land, you're very protective. You don't want to be coming on. That's just how it is in, in the rural areas or the mountainous areas, let's say. They don't like I, they don't like people on the land. I don't like people on my property out in Virginia. And I got to tell you, if I saw five migrants on my property, if they, if they first of all, I walk my property armed because of the wildlife I have on there. I have black bear you know, uh, mountain lion. So I walk, I walk with my handgun on my property. I have coyote and a bobcat. Uh, so if I had seen on my property, if I come out, you know, wake up one morning and I'm making my espresso, and all of a sudden I see five migrants on my front porch, I'm grabbing my 300 blackout, which I absolutely love, and uh, and it, they're gonna get a barrel in their face. And they're gonna, I'm gonna make them turn around and walk them nicely out of my property, down the road, right to the Blue Ridge Parkway, and guide them to the nearest town, which would be south on the Parkway. And I tell you the truth, if there was any resistance, anybody took a, went, went to go run more deeper into my property or run towards my cabin, or or taken a, a step towards me, they're gonna get lit up. Simple as that. So my point is. We're not seeing, we're going to see this eventually. We're going to see migrants coming down our main streets of our towns, our cities. We're going to see this. And we're going to see them in our backyard, on our front porches, and our, you know, swimming in our pools. We're going to see this. Okay? And we're not going to like it. I'm telling you, well, you're not going to like it. I know, I know already I'm not going to like it, but you're not going to like it. You know, so I'm not going to get into the whole gun debate, but hopefully you guys are armed. Because I'm all about the Second Amendment. I'll tell you right now. I don't care who likes it or not. And um, that's just the way it is. But my point is this, though. There's going to come a time where I think white, you know, white Americans and black Americans need to be Team America here and fight off God knows what's coming across the border. I don't even know what's coming across. Apparently, people from all over, it's not just Mexico, people from all over are coming. So... And I know we're not going to like that. So I, I really want to see Team America. So I don't care if you're, 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 you're Hispanic, but you were born here in America. You're black, but you were born here. I don't care if your mother's from Jamaica or Haiti. You're, if you're born here, you're an American black. You're an American white. You're American uh, Hispanic, however you want to call it. Spanish American, Italian American. I don't care. But if you are born here, in my opinion, you're American and you're on Team America. Well, you should be. So that's why I don't want to see any division amongst Americans, white, black. I don't want to see any of that. So that's why in this instance, as, as horrible as it was, again, I don't want to say I'm glad that there were five black officers, but I just don't want to see any more division, you know, white between black. I don't want to see that. You know, I didn't really grow up that way. You know, even my father, my dad, who grew up in, in uh, East New York, 
and and it was that was um you know i guess half white half black when he was growing up he told me he said yeah people got along you know and my father was not a racist at all he could he could deal with anybody so i i didn't grow up as a racist i mean i may have grown up hearing racist language because that was that's just how it was back then that's how we referred to other people we used different What's the word? What's the word for the, 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 the I don't know, what the, not nicknames, but we used those terms, you know, the N-word. We used, uh, you know, we used, it was very common to use the word kike for Jewish, uh, guinea wop for Italian, spick for Spanish. We heard all these things. You know, that's that, you didn't talk to people like that, but I'm just saying that was common. Didn't mean we were racist. It just said that's how people were referred to. You know, I'm not saying it was right, but I'm just saying that's how it was back then. So it wasn't like it was, you know, it wasn't real, like there weren't racial tensions going on, but that's just how, you know, people were referred back then. Clearly now we don't do that, and, it's, and I'm glad. But, you know, my dad would tell me stories about how, you know, black and white would get along in East New York or Brownsville or whatever the case may be. And, you know, and, and I remember oftentimes he would, you know, he would, um, um, he would he would tell me stories about let's say a white because most back in that time most cops were black they were mostly Irish black I'm not black they were mostly white cops back in that time in like the 60s 50s 40s right and they were mostly Irish cops right so my dad used to tell me stories about how you know a, a white cop a white Irish cop might be struggling with somebody in in East New York in the neighborhood and a local resident a black resident would call police for them because this is when police didn't even have radios. So, people in my dad's era and in his neighborhood got along. Black and white got along. And I respected that. And I think that's important. And to this day, I think it's important. And then, me being a white detective in Harlem, you know, I, I thank God I was never in a situation like that where I was rolling around the street and I needed a, a local resident to call, you know, help me out. But, I, I mean, I trusted the fact that that would have happened if that was the case. And that's why I respected everyone in the area I was working. I respected the the residents of Harlem for that reason because my father taught me respect of everybody. So I don't I don't I didn't grow up seeing a division and I don't want to see it. I've heard about it, but I I didn't grow up seeing it. I wasn't part of it. Clearly as a cop, everybody's blue. You know, whether you, whether your partner is black, white, Chinese, Asian, whatever, we were all blue. You know, there's no there's no there's no place for racism racism on the job amongst other officers, you know? I might have experienced a little of that, you know, like when I first went to um, the 2-8 squad, the 28th Precinct Detective Squad in Harlem, um, it was, the squad was made up of predominantly black um, detectives. And for some reason, it was starting to, you know, add more Spanish and white detectives into the unit. Right. So I remember when I got there, you know, clearly, which I don't, you know, I don't even know, honestly, it was because I was white, probably because I was just the new guy in the squad. You know, and in law enforcement, you know, people are a little nervous about the new guy, so to speak. Right. Because maybe you're a little less experienced, something like that. I don't. So I don't want to say that it was because I was white, but it might have been. But I wasn't offended. I'm a big boy. So, the, you know, the, the four or five black detectives that were there, you know, they weren't overly friendly. You know, and I want to say they weren't probably friendly at all. Um, you know, I could, it was hard to get one of them to go out with me on a case. Um, 
but and then I just I started working on my own. You know, you're not really supposed to, but what are you gonna do? I had, I had stuff to do, right? But what happened was, and I wasn't offended by it because that's just how you know that's how that's how it is. I mean, I I accepted it for what it was, right? I had to gain their respect either as just a new detective or as a white detective. I don't know what it was, and I don't care. But I had to gain their respect, right? I wasn't there to make friends either, so I really didn't care. I was a big boy. So I didn't. I wasn't offended, right? So I did my job. But what happened was, so I, as I started making arrests right away, because, you know, that's that was my job, and that's also how you get overtime, make extra money. As I started making arrests, obviously I was in, I was in Harlem. The majority of people were residents and perpetrators and whatever you want to call it were black so obviously my you know most the majority of people i was arresting in harlem were black right so my first i don't know maybe three to five arrests or so you know they the these other black detectives saw how i still even though i'm arresting people i still respected them i still showed them respect when i spoke to them you know putting them in we had our own little cell putting them in a cell, bringing them out, you know, getting them fingerprinted, you know, processing them. They saw that I, re I showed respect. I wasn't the type of white copper detective that was, like I said the other day, was a cupcake from Long Island, Westchester, you know, maybe illegally in New Jersey, and they'd come into a predominantly black precinct and just treat people like shit. I wasn't that kind of guy. I treated everybody with respect. You know, because that's what my dad taught me. So when these, you know, three to five black detectives saw me treating my suspects or my arrest, my arrestees with respect, you know, on how I handled them and how I spoke to them, how I interviewed them, things like that. They, I gained their respect because I, they saw that I treated everybody with respect, that it wasn't, I wasn't some racist white detective. They saw that because I wasn't. So I gained their respect. And then they would start going out with me on cases and things like that. So I gained their respect pretty quickly, you know, and it was a good thing. But that's why that's why I say I don't really want to see any more division. And it's sad that it seems like it really does seem like the powers that be, aka the government, it seems that they do really want to to spin certain narratives to divide us as a people. Because why? Because that makes us weak. You know, strength in numbers, right? So if you're going to divide us as a people, it makes us, it makes the chain weak, right? And then they have more control of us. Then they can start taking our guns and they can start whatever, whatever there's there on the, of, that's of their agenda, taxing us, making us lambs, making us wear these dopey masks. I mean, that's how they get control of us by making us weak, by putting fear into us. Like this whole COVID thing. That was all really about fear. You know, so that's how they controlled us. Either with fear or division. So I don't want to see any division, especially amongst the people, the American people. I don't want to see that. And that's why it's, it was sad to see all these things that went on with, you know, the BLM riots and Antifa. It's just sad to see all that stuff because it just divides us. And they're just, they're just you know, spinning off the narrative of the powers that be. You know, there's no, there's no truth to it, in my opinion. There's no validity. You know, that's why I don't want, I don't want to see stuff like that. Now, in addition to divide, dividing us through, through race, you know, by boys playing the race card, they, how else are we divided? We're divided because of politics in general. Um, I mean, I mean, if anything, we saw that with, with, um, 
with with this whole thing with Trump for the last three or four years or more, you know, this the whole Trump uh, what's the word phenomenon has divided the American people to the point where election elections were possibly stolen. Um, you know, you've got you've got. Such a lack of integrity in the government, in the DOJ, Department of Justice, the FBI, because they're they're going after this guy. And look, I'll tell you straight out, I I I I love Trump. I don't like what he said a lot of times. I don't like his arrogance, but you know, I like the things he did for our country. I do, and I would love to see him back in office. You know, and if that pisses you off, so be it. I really don't care, honestly. That's just what I believe. I'm not going to fake it. I'm not on this. I'm not on making this podcast to fake it. That's not who I am. So, but the point is like, for example, the other day I was talking to this liberal idiot, right? And, um, and, uh, right away, just, I don't know how it got on topic, but right away he started bashing Trump, right? Which is fine. And I said, you know, I said to him, I said, because he started saying how Trump divided the country and all this stuff. I said, well, and I asked him a question. I said, I said, well, let me ask you this, Dave. I said, is it really Trump that divided people? Or is it, you know, a portion of America's hatred for Trump that divided everybody? And right away, he's like, no, no, Trump did it. You know, he did it single-handedly on purpose, whatever. Listen, and I, that's when I stopped listening to this idiot, right? Because I personally think it's it, it's it's the half of America or whatever percentage of America, it's their hatred for Trump that divided America. I don't think Trump divided America. I really don't. Right, because I know when when he he was in office, I know that like I was on Long Island, I think at the time in New York, and I used to go to this, uh, Panera, you know, Panera Bread uh, location. It was on the uh, Smithtown Hot Park border right there, and um, you know there was some other old, you know, I was retired, you know, I was re- I've been retired for ten years, so I was retired hanging out with some of these old timers that were way older than me. These guys were like seventy, early eighties, and. There were literally arguments over Trump and Hillary Clinton and all this stuff. There were just such arguments over this that it really it it divided the the group of people at Panera. It divided this group of retirees that would hang out like every day to the point where people stopped talking to each other. And you know, it's just that that kind of division. It just it really makes us it weakens us. As, as a people so I don't know what the answer is I don't I, honestly I don't know I don't know what we could do as a people because what you, you, you can't change what's in people's hearts you know if people are if people want to they want to see divisions they're just gonna do it you know people there's gonna be people that are just always gonna be angry about politics or angry about Trump and they're gonna and they don't care if they offend somebody they don't care if they're they just they they're okay with dividing their audience at the time right like this guy that was bashing Trump the other day he he has no problem he had no problem dividing me and him he had he had his opinion and he had no problem creating a line between me and him and I was trying to play, you know, devil's advocate. I was trying not to really take a stance. You know, I was just listening to what he had to say. But he made it very clear that Trump ruined the country. And this is not the first time. I remember another, a few other people that I know 
again, they were just bashing Trump. And I, and I would ask them, you know, you know, I remember this one woman, again, in Panera, this retiree, this Italian woman I, 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 I you know, enjoyed talking with because she spoke a little bit of Italian, stuff like that. And but I remember one day, I, I hadn't seen her in a while. This is like after COVID. And I sat down and, and, and she's like, oh, right away, this Trump. I'm like, well, what's wrong? Oh, he should be arrested. I said, okay, why? Why should Trump be arrested? Well, he, you know, the insurrection. Everyone, everyone loves saying the insurrection. And I said, you know what? I said, I tell you what, if he did something that he should be arrested for, go right ahead as long as they arrest Hillary Clinton for the emails. Because I know me as a federal agent, if I did what Hillary did, I would have been fired immediately. And so let's arrest Hillary Clinton. Let's, let's arrest Hunter Biden. Right for 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 all the crap that he's done, and then go ahead if you and if you want go ahead arrest Trump if he if he violated some law if he committed a crime go right ahead I'm, I'm with you. I don't see it, but I'm with you, right? And then another time I was talking to um someone, and again right I don't again I don't bring this up I don't want to talk about the politics it's you know it's one thing you're not supposed to talk about right. This this person brought up Trump again. How he he, he ruined the country and, and this, I said I said well, well what what is it that you think he did? Well the insurrection, another one again with the insurrection. I said okay well well what did he actually because I and I told her straight I said listen I'm not clear on what happened with this whole insurrection thing but please tell me what is it that he exactly did. I know what the media wants you to think he did because they're all just saying he caused the whole insurrection but they're not saying how. Did he order people to go there and and take the capital? I don't believe he did. So what did he do? And and no one could ever give you an answer. They could just say, no, he overthrew the government. He caused an insurrection. Like they just they're using all these big, big uh, talking points that the media is using. So I don't I don't I don't understand why people are creating divisions. I don't I don't get that. And even in like um. In um, like social, um, not social, like like these dating sites. I've heard, right? I've heard from people that that like on their profiles, both both like women will say, you know, oh, if you voted for the other guy, don't you know, don't whatever, just keep swiping, whatever the terminology is. I don't know myself. Keep swiping or move on or don't don't message me, whatever. And um, and some women might even have the guts to say, well, if you voted for Trump, don't you know, message me, whatever the case may be. And I and I heard too that guys are doing that too, and I, I just think that's the funniest thing. To me, that's the funniest thing. So you're a woman, and you're saying that if you're a Trump supporter, I don't want to date you. So in other words, you're saying you what you're really saying. You know what that says to me as a guy? What you're really saying is okay. What this woman is really saying, or these types of women. What they're really saying is, okay, if you're a little lamb and you're happy with an open border and all these illegals coming over, and on top of that, you're okay with the current administration wanting to take our guns away from us, so you can't protect me as a woman, I want to date you? That's that's the kind of guy a woman wants today? She wants some kind of lamb who is for Biden, open border, and for having his gun taken away? You want to date a lamb like that? Hey, knock yourself out. And I've heard that guys are, I guess they have that in their profiles too, that they're all about, you know, Biden, they're not about Trump or whatever the case may be. 
And so, you know, you want, in other words, you want, you're telling, you're telling the women that you're a lamb and that you, you don't want to protect yourself or protect them or your property. So you're going to attract women by being some kind of lamb. I just think that's the funniest thing. So my point is just that I think in the last, you know, five or so years, we're seeing a lot of division. And it just, it really, it just kills me inside because that's the easiest way to lose whatever whatever struggles we're going through. And we're, we have so many challenges in these last few years, but we're being divided. Who's vaccinated? Who's not vaccinated? You know, white cops, black cops, you know, or white cops against black, um, you know, resident citizens. I mean, now now we're also seeing, you know, just police in general. It's it's us against the police. Right. Look, I never I never I'll be I'll be honest. With you, I never agree with Black Lives Matter because I'll, I'll agree with all lives matter. I do. I just do. I don't see how it would be any other way. Why would you why would one life matter more than another? It shouldn't. So I don't believe in Black Lives Matter, and I also don't believe in Blue Lives Matter. I don't. Why, just because you're a cop, you should be valued? Your life is worth more? Or because a cop was killed? That's worse than just, you know, in other words, is it worse that a cop was killed? You know, it, what's worse? The two cops that were killed in Bristol, Connecticut during an ambush last month, or whenever it was, October? Or Terry Nichols being beaten by cops the other day like what's worse it, nothing should be worse they're, they're human lives there they're, they're, were men that have you know kids families people who love them does it matter that one person's a, a, just a black guy working for FedEx and the other the other guy was a cop in Connecticut like does one life matter more than another I don't think so so I don't believe in black lives matter I don't believe in blue lives matter I don't I don't believe in any kind of division. I just don't. Because it just weakens us. It doesn't strengthen. It doesn't bring people together. Division weakens people. And I don't... I wish I knew the answer. I wish I knew... I wish I knew what to do. I mean, I know, I know what I need. I know what I, I do is I don't believe... I don't believe in division. But I don't know as a, as a, as a society what we could do. As a society, I guess... We just we just can't play into this, into these narratives that people are so quick to to um, to bark. Like look what, what what Joe Biden did the other day. He mentioned something about how the police are something about the police being you know he understands how brown and this is what he said how brown and black Americans are afraid of the police. You know it's creating division. You know it's not about. Like I said yesterday, it's not about racism. It's about police reform. That's what we need here. I, I just don't understand. I just hope that as a... I guess all we could do as a people is not be so quick to... Um, what's the word? To, to, to swallow this, this, these narratives and rhetoric of the powers that be or the angry mobs that want you to believe something. I think what we could do as a people is just try and look at the facts and try and look at the bigger picture and 
you know, is it really about, is it about white cops killing black people or cops in general killing black people? Or is it about, you know, we need police reform. You know, we need to not lower these, these local departments need to not lower their criteria. They need to step up their criteria. They need to provide training. They need to provide monitoring. That's really what it's about. What it's about. It's not about defunding the police. It may be about auditing police departments and seeing, okay, well, where does your money go? Before taking any, any department's money away, do an audit of where is the money going and maybe we could, you know, work on that. You know, is money being wasted? Then let's not, you know, let's not waste that money. Let's put it where it needs to be. Let's put money into policing, not into, let's say, something else they might be putting it in. I don't know what that would be, but I'm just saying. You know, like all this money going to Ukraine. Don't you want to know where all this money's going? The money that we're giving Ukraine? Like, where is it going? No one's saying it. No one's auditing it. All we know is we're just giving it. Now we're giving even more. So that's not the answer. So, like I said, as a people, I think we need to... We need to just listen to ourselves... Listen to our own hearts... See with our own eyes and listen to our own hearts. What is it that my dad always said to me? Believe believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. He always told me that. So I think that's what we need to do as a people. We need to believe nothing of what we hear from the powers that be or the angry mob. And we need to... Look at what we see and maybe just, you know, believe half of what we see. Because we may not be seeing the whole picture. I think that's the answer. I think that's it. I think we need, I think as a people, to, to, to stop any kind of division or combat division that we've been slapped in the face with a lot over the last five years, I think that's what we need to do. I think we need to adopt the, the, the mantra or, or just the saying of believe nothing of what you hear and half of what you see. Thanks for listening to Say It Ain't So, Joe. My name is Joe, and have a great week.